behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out, nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands shall wait for his law. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles." to open blind eyes, to bring out pr prisoners from the prison, to those who sit in darkness from the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare." Before they string forth, I tell you of them. Sing to the Lord a new song, and his praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you coastlands and you inhabitants of them, let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voice, the villages that Kedar inhabits. Let the inhabitants of Selah sing. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coastlands. The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. He shall cry out. Yes, shout aloud. He shall prevail against his enemies. Chapter 13. Jesus has cleansed the temple. People are all focused on him. Jerusalem is jam-packed with people. They are there for the Passover time. In fact, they're going to be having the Passover in the time of Jesus. Jerusalem was so jam-packed, they actually had to stretch out the Passover celebration to two days. They had the standard Passover, which was on the seventh day, sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, which is the Sabbath, sundown to sundown. But they also had a previous day, the Sabbath, which was sundown Thursday to sundown Friday. By the way, Jesus will be crucified on that day. But they will have what they even called it the Galilean Sabbath, so that the Galilean Jews that were down there jam packing because the city was overwhelmed with people renting upper rooms. This is where they could have their Passover meal. This was so jam packed, and the and the the priests were overwhelmed with the task of examining. 
for lambs by the, t- the thousands and thousands. It was a huge, they were, it was so overwhelming, they had stretched out to over to a two-day celebration. And that is what we will see next week, that Jesus and his apostles will celebrate. Then he will then be arrested and crucified. But here we are in Jerusalem. They are just leaving the temple. They're about to leave. They're leaving Jerusalem. They've just left out the temple. They're, at the, they're out street in front of the temple. And it says this in chapter 13, verse 1. Then as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, see what... said to him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign when all these things will be fulfilled? And Jesus, answering them, began to say, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and will deceive many. But when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be troubled. For such things must happen, and is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be earthquakes in various places, and there will be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. But watch out for yourselves, for they will deliver you to councils, and you will be beaten in the synagogues, you will be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. But when they test you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given you in that hour, that. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Now brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise up parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing where it ought not, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down into the house nor enter to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter. For in those days there will be tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the creation which God created until this time, nor ever shall be. 
And unless the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he chose, he shortened the days. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, he is there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. But take heed. See, I have told you all things beforehand. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars of heaven will fall and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send his angels and gather together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest part of earth to the farthest part of heaven. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and put forth, puts forth leaves, you know summer is near. So you also, when you see these things happen, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation, this race of people, will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest constantly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to you all, watch. Watch. Be alert. Be on the alert. Be on the alert. And as we read this passage, what is filling our minds? Exactly what we are seeing right now on the world stage, particularly in but also in our own nation. What did, you just, what did we just have voiced a few minutes ago? We've got people coming into this nation that it's very clear they are being sent here with the purpose of our destruction. People have gone into Israel for the purpose of their destruction. They've been attacked. God is God is God. Jesus is telling us as we read this passage, as I'm reading this to you, you're going, yikes, 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 wow. This is right now on the stage in front of us. But this, these words were spoken 1,900 plus years ago. Almost, well, 1,990 years ago, Jesus said these words. In 33 AD. And here we are, 2023. 1,990 years ago, Jesus these words and here they are playing out right in front of our eyes oh Lord 
Look at this wonderful temple. By the way, the temple in Jerusalem for the worship of God was considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. This temple had been rebuilt several hundred years before under the stewardship of Joshua the high priest and Zerubbabel, who was in the descent of David. He never took the throne, but he was one of the two men that incited the building of the temple. And then in the time of Herod the Great, who was not a Jew, but he was given rule of the Jews by the Romans, Herod the Great wanted the favor of the Jewish people, so he poured an enormous amount of effort and money into fancying up the temple. It is one of the most magnificent structures, certainly in the Roman Empire, if not in the entire world. Here are these disciples of Jesus. They love Israel, and they're looking at this wonder. Oh, Lord, look at this, look at this. And what does Jesus say? Don't get too excited, guys. The day is coming. One stone, one stone won't be left on another. And you can imagine that what? They are reveling the glory of this building, and Jesus says, this building is going to be turned into a trash. It's going to be absolutely, completely destroyed. That event took place seven years later in 70 AD. The Romans came over the walls, and they destroyed Jerusalem. They tore down the walls. They tore down the temple. It's going to happen within their lifetime. It's going to happen. Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. And then they get back to the Mount of Olives. It's probably not a good idea to talk about this here in the crowd. So they get out to, outside the walls of the city. They're on the Mount of Olives. You could see from that high place, you could see into the temple. It was there. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, they're outside the city campground, opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately. Now you find this in, also in the Gospel of Luke. You find it also in the Gospel of Matthew. In fact, the Gospel of Matthew has a much more extended version of it than we find here. But these four apostles, they asked the question, and I would dare say the rest of the apostles gathered quickly and heard, heard it as well. Tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign when all these things are fulfilled? And Jesus answered them, and, and Jesus answering them began to say, take heed that no one deceives you. The day is coming. There's going to be warfare. There's Just as you have seen in the history that led up to this time, Nations fighting nations, kingdoms against kingdoms, this dynasty against that dynasty, both within nations, and all these, the warfare between the nations. What was it all about? It was about human ego. It was about self-worship. It was about elevating and destroying one another. And what you have seen is what you're going to continue to see. Many will come... Uh, Take heed that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name. There will be false messiahs. About once 15 or 16 AD, the Jews who are still there in Judea and in the destroyed Jerusalem, they rebelled again against the Romans. It's called the Bar Kokhba revolt, son of something or other. I don't remember what Kokhba means, but he was a false Christ. And a whole lot of the Jews 
followed him in another rebellion against the Romans, the Christian Jews who were present said, no, 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 we will not join with you in this because he is a false Messiah. We know what Jesus says. He's a false Messiah. And that was actually the time when the Jewish community completely stiff-armed the the Christian Jews and said, you're not part of us anymore. And as a people group, they stiff-armed their own Messiah at that point. But this will, that will happen about 115 or 16 A.D. That's a fault. There's been many false messiahs. There have been many Jewish men who have claimed, oh, I'm the Messiah. They've all been liars. And as Jesus says in this, what does he say towards the end? When I come, if somebody says go there or go there or go there to see, no, you won't have to go anywhere when I come. All you have to do, will have to do is lift up your eyes. And it will come in the clouds. You won't have to travel anywhere. You will see me. Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he. And will deceive many. They will succeed. And will deceive many. But when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be troubled. That's what happened in the past. That's what's going to happen in the future. For such things must happen, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, just as has been your history, so it will be your future, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be earthquakes in various places, and we've certainly witnessed that just in our own lifetime. Earthquakes in various places. There will be famines and troubles. These are the beginning of sorrows. They, as bad as this is, and anything we've seen in history and is going on right now in this world, as bad as it might be, it doesn't hold a candle to what's coming. If you read the book of Revelation, there's going to be, the first three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation, there's going to be a worldwide drought. It says specifically that there won't be any grain there won't be any of that. Now, the olives, the vineyards will, steep, will continue to produce a little bit, and the olive groves will continue to produce a little bit, but no grains. There's going to be a worldwide drought, a worldwide famine. Why? Because the two witnesses, Elijah and Moses, will shut the temple, and they will call down on the world a worldwide drought. It says in Revelation 7, that the four angels will stop the jet stream winds. And if you stop the winds, you've stopped the rain. You've still got forms, storms forming over the seas and the oceans, but there's no jet stream winds to push them over the land. And there will be a worldwide drought. And that's one of the plagues that those two witnesses will call down on the earth. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be earthquakes in various places, and there will be famines and troubles. These are the beginning of sorrows. Well, we're seeing it now. It's going to be amplified many times in the tribulation era. But watch out for yourselves, for they will deliver you up to councils. What has been the experience of God's people? From day one, not only did they crucify Jesus, all of the apostles were martyred, except the John, because they didn't try, they poured boiling oil on him. It just didn't. 
So he lived longer than anybody else. So God needed to extend his life because he had a book to write. And then the book of Revelation had to be written. So, and John wrote that from the island of Patmos where they sent him to a prison facility after, they didn't, they, after the execution order didn't work. They sent him to that place and he wrote the book of Revelation there. Again, verse 9, watch out for yourselves or they will deliver you up to councils and you will be beaten in the synagogue, rejected by the Israeli Jewish culture. But not only that, you will be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, also the Gentile cultures and kings for my sake, for a testimony to them, and the gospel first be preached to all the nations. What does Jesus say at the very close of Matthew chapter 28? It's called the Great Commission. All authority, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is immediately before he ascends into heaven. He's saying to the apostles, all authority, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore into all the nations and preach the gospel. And I will be with you even to the end of the age. You're to take this message out to the nations. Among the apostles, Thomas made it as far as India where he was martyred. Matthew got to Ethiopia, where he was martyred. Andrew made it up to Ukraine, <laughs> and he was martyred. I think he may, may have made it to Scotland, too, because he is the patron saint of Scotland. I don't know. That's, we'll find out a lot when we get to talk to these guys. They will deliver you up to councils. You will be beaten in the synagogues. You will be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. When is that task done? I don't know. It's done when God says it's done. And then what? He's going to yank us out. But when they arrest you, and deliver you up. Do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. You don't have to worry about it. But whatever is given you in that hour, speak that, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak to those judges, those rulers, those next-door neighbors who are about to kill you. And not only that, let me tell you how deep the separation will be. Brother will betray brother to death. And a father his child. And children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Now he's not talking about our eternal redemption. What is the salvation in the context here? You will step into kingdom glory. He endures to the end who stands steadfast in his testimony for me or her testimony for me will step into outrageous kingdom glory. He who endures to the end shall be saved, delivered. So when you see the abomination of desolation, this is at the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation. He is speaking to them as Jews. 
when the church is yanked out of here, it's called the rapture, then God will restore Israel as that body of redeemed people through which he is reaching out to the world. On day one of the seven-year tribulation, four things happen. That is the day, and this is from the book of Daniel, that is the day Israel signs a seven-year mutual security pact with the little horn. He's also called the Antichrist. He's also called the beast. They will sign a seven-year mutual security pact, and they will love this guy. Except that the temple precincts, the temple grounds will be taken over by Elijah and Moses. Three and a half years. And nobody who's not an authentic follower of Jesus and Messiah can come into the temple area to worship. And if somebody comes at them, who is not an authentic follower of Jesus, or if somebody comes at them to attack them, they will call fire down from heaven, just like Elijah did uh, when Ahab sent people after him. He will, they will call fire down from heaven. For three and a half years, these two witnesses are governing the temple area, and they cannot be touched. A third thing that happens is Revelation 7, the four, the angels will, the four angels will stop the jet stream winds. That's why in chapter 11 of Revelation it says there will be no rain because they've stopped the winds. And the fourth thing that happens is on that first day of the seven-year tribulation, 144,000 Jews will be yanked into the kingdom, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel will be yanked into the kingdom. They will be marked on their forehead by the Lord. This is the good mark, not the bad mark. And they will go throughout the earth preaching the gospel. And they show up in chapter 4, that's in chapter 7. In chapter 14, they show up in earthly Jerusalem at the temple in Jerusalem for the team victory picture sounding, surrounding Jesus. <laughs> 144,000 untouchable evangelists going throughout the earth. All four of those events take place on day one of the seven-year tribulation. So when you see the abominate, but at the midpoint of that seven-year tribulation, what happens? For three and a half years, the Jewish people have loved this guy that they signed this mutual security pact with. He's called the little horn in the... He's called the Antichrist in 1 John. He's called the beast in the book of... They love this guy, love this guy, love this guy. He engineers the killing of Elijah and Moses... Their carcasses are left on the street for three and a half days. And they have access now to the temple. They're giving him a guided tour through the temple area. And halfway through that tour, the little horn, the beast, turns to them and says, Oh, you fellows need to know I am your Messiah. The term Antichrist, which is uses in 1 John, the Greek prefix anti can mean against. It can also mean in the place of. He's not going to say, I hate that fellow Jesus. I hate that. No, he's going to say, I am your Messiah. You need to be worshiping me. And that's when the blinders will fall off the Jewish eyes and they will say to him, uh, that ain't going to happen, pal. We're not worshiping you. And that's when, instead of favoring Israel, as he has been for three and a half years, now the destruction of Jerusalem goes to the top of his to-do list. But that is called the... Because when he declared himself to be God in the temple, he's desecrated the temple. 
He's defiled it. So when you see, and it's, it is declared in the book of Daniel that this is going to happen. So when you see the abomination of desolation or desecration spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing where it ought not, let the reader understand. Go back and study Daniel, says Mark. <laughs> then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Get out of Judea. Get out of Jerusalem. And we are there told in Daniel 11:41 and Revelation chapter 13, verses 13 to 17, that there will be a massive turning to Christ because what's going to happen at the same time he's declaring himself to be God, Moses and Elijah, who carcasses are left out on the street, suddenly they stand up. These dead fellows stand up, and a voice comes from heaven and says, come up here. And tens of thousands of Jewish people see Moses and Elijah ascend into heaven, and there's a massive revival. There's a massive turning to Christ by those Jews who witness this, and they are told, get out out and they flee to the east as fast as they possibly can there is a place of divine protection and provision there this is all laid out in daniel 11 41 and in revelation 12 13 to 17 there will be a place of divine protection and provision where their needs will be met for three and a half years then let those who are in judea flee to the mountains get out of judea and anything that slows you down is a problem. Let him who is on the housetop, you go down those outside steps and you run. Don't go in the house to grab a, a suitcase full of clothes. No, don't. You don't have the time for that. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down into the house or enter to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those nursing babies in those days. Why? Because it'll slow them down. And pray that your flight may not be in winter. You don't want to be running through the snow. For in those days there will be tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of creation. What has Jesus already said? The famines that has been your history will be your history. But it's going to go way above that. During that seven-year tribulation, especially the last three and a half years, it's going to be outrageous. By the way, Satan is going to be cast down from heaven, and he is going to be absolutely maniacal for the last three and a half years. That the woe of the seventh, Trump, seventh, Trump, seventh trumpet judgment, which covers the whole last three and a half years. You've got a maniacal Lucifer roaming the earth. Let him who is on the house down into the house, nor to take anything out of his house, and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But what are those who are pregnant, to those who are nursing babies in those and pray that your flight may not be in winter, but in those days there will be tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the creation, which God created until that time, nor ever shall be. And it'll never be that as bad again as it will be in that time. For in those days there will be tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the creation, which God created until this time, nor ever shall be. And unless the Lord... Unless the Lord had shortened, brought to an abrupt end those days, no flesh would be saved. Worldwide death. But for the elect's sake, whom he chose, 
He has shortened the days. He will bring those days to an abrupt end. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, he is there, do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive. By the way, there is this fellow who, you've got the false prophet who accompanies the, the Antichrist, the beast, in his presentation of himself, and he does miracles. For false Christs and false prophets will arise Rise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. But take heed. See, I have told you all beforehand. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars of heaven will fall. There will be a meteorite storm and the powers in heaven will be shaken then you will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. All you'll have to do is lift your eyes. And then he will send his angels and gather together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest part of earth to the farthest part of heaven. And the Bible tells us that there will be two judgments. First, he will judge Israel. He will gather all the Jews to a place south of Israel called the Wilderness of Sin. That's a known geographical area. And he will separate the believing Jews from the unbelieving Jews. Well, how can there be unbelieving Jews? Why are there unbelieving Jews today? And he will cleanse the unbelievers from the Jewish population and then will be the judgment of the nations. Well, he will do the same thing. And 75 days into this 1,000-year millennium, all the earth will be cleansed of all unbelievers. And for the next 999 plus years, you're going to have these authentic believers having children, having children, having children. And at the end of the 1,000 year millennium, uh, Satan will be released from the bottomless pit and he will go throughout the earth gathering up all the children and grandchildren and so forth who are not believers, who've been living in paradise but are still rebels. And he will bring them, Lucifer will, to Jerusalem, and fire will come down from heaven and consume them. Whew, I told you more than you needed to know, but it's, will you forgive me? <laughs> he will gather his elect from the four winds from the farthest parts of earth to the farthest parts of heaven. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When his branch has already become tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is near. What are we seeing right now? What did we pray for a few minutes ago? We prayed for the incredible eruption of wickedness in Israel, surrounding Israel right now, the threat to them, but also the threat to us. Learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and put forth leaves, you know this summer is near. So you, when you see these things happen, know that it is near at the doors. Did Jesus teach us to pray? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I'm not investing my, the outcome of my life in the things that are going to go away. I want to invest my life 
my works, my efforts in the kingdom that's coming. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's going to happen. What is the last prayer of the Bible at the close of Revelation 22? The Apostle John says, even so come, Lord Jesus. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation, now that's a poor translation. It's the Greek word genes. It can mean a generation as in typically understood as a 40-year period. It's also the word translated race. This race, this Jewish race will not pass away. How much effort has Lucifer made to destroy the Jewish people? Effort after effort after effort after effort, but they, he will not succeed. This race, this generation will not pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away. There's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. But my words will by no means pass away. This will all be fulfilled. But of that day and hour, no one knows. Just keep your shoelaces loose. <laughs> you could be yanked out of here at any time. But of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. Only the Father. When God the Son became flesh, He laid aside His non-moral attributes, His omniscience. He became a learner. Well, there's some knowledge the Father is still withheld from him. Of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed. Watch. Pay attention. Watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. Be watchful, be watchful, be watchful. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch for, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. In the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, I learned when, I, when we had chickens, when I was you know, a young adult and we were a new family, uh, the roosters start crowing before the sun comes up. It says starts to get light. They start crowing before the sun breaks through the horizon, just so you'll know. Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, evening at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning when the sun actually comes above the horizon, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. Be awake, be awake, be awake at watch. watch. A watchman is, has the job of being a watchman, looking out for the security of the household. And what I say to you, I say to you all. And here's our takeaway. Watch. Watch. The things that were spoken of earlier in our worship service, what's going on in Israel now, what's happening here. We have some watchful people in this congregation. We have some alert people who are looking at the world, the events going on around us through a Bible lens. That is what we are all to be doing so that when Jesus yanks us out of here, yay, Jesus. Yay, Jesus. Be watchful and be aware that investing in this world 
is insanity. Invest in the kingdom to come. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Let's pray together. Our Lord, we do ask that you enable us to remember what the Holy Spirit into our minds and hearts today, these words of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that we would walk in and be watchful of the things that he told us to be watchful of and that we might truly have unrestrained gladness when he calls us out of here. We ask this of you, good shepherd Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Going to invite you to stand, number 232 in the hymn.